Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. Stand up for your country. So who is enabling, I think that's a fair word, Putin in his awful human rights violations of Ukraine? In fact, Secretary of State Blinken said today that they have proof now that the Russians violated human rights. And the reason that they made that announcement is um, they want Putin to be afraid that he's going to be prosecuted in The Hague. That's, that's the international court where you can bring charges against human rights violators. Putin doesn't care. I mean, I don't think this is going to matter one way or the other to him. But there are people who are enabling Putin, and that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So first I'm going to go down the United States, then I'm going to go international, and we'll begin with the politicians I'll put them on up on the screen. So we have two uh, House Democrats, Omar and Bush. They're in the squad far, far left. It voted against Russian oil ban. And 15 Republicans. All right, you see their names there on the screen. Green, Gomert, Boebert, Gates, Cawthorn, the most famous of them. But 15 of them, they said, no, we don't want to really ban Russian oil. Um, and you would say, well, why? So that's a good question. And here's the answer. Some on the right are so suspect of the Biden administration, they will not support anything President Biden does across the board. Okay. So they hate him. Uh, they say he's responsible for this. Whatever. You've heard it. You've heard it. So no matter what it is, if Biden's behind it, they're going to oppose it. Okay, that's those votes. Um, On the uh, pundit front, let's throw those up there. These are people who have not come down uh, in favor of punishing Putin. I think that's a fair description. Tucker Carlson, Roger Stone, a GOP Senate candidate in Ohio, J.D. Vance, Alex Jones, Tulsi Gabbard, Candace Owens. Okay, so they are not uh, in business to punish Vladimir Putin. Overseas, a very interesting uh, array of uh, countries that are either supporting Putin or not saying anything to condemn him. Throw those on up. We have uh, China leading the way, of course, uh, Xi Jinping. Then we have Iran and Saudi Arabia because they are in the oil business, as they say in Texas. So they're uh, not on board to punish Putin. Then you got the Emirates next to Saudi Arabia, same situation. Cuba, of course. India, Modi. Now, Modi buys Buku weapons from Russia. That's what that's all about. Assad, Russia keeps him in power. Uh, Maduro, Venezuela, hardcore communist. Uh, That's an interesting name, Orban in Hungary. And then, of course, Kim Jong-un. Orban in Hungary. Hungary's in NATO. And uh, Orban isn't praising Putin, but he's not allowing NATO weapons to go through Hungary on their way to Ukraine. Come on, President Orban, let's go. All right. You're either in or you're out. If you're out, you need to resign from NATO. Because Putin is a danger to you and every Hungarian on the planet. So 
I put those names up there uh, because I want you to know that there is a fairly significant enabling of Putin. Now, I'm not one of these people that believes any of those people should be punished for what they say. All right, because I think we need open debate. I think they're wrong. I think Putin is, he got to be stopped. And if you don't, if you don't think that Putin's going to expand his terror, he will, if he gets away with Ukraine, and so will China. So that's the fait accompli. But if you want to say, well, Putin's okay with me, or I don't want to take any action against Putin, I think you should be hurt. Isn't that fair enough? All right. And that is the subject of the Talking Points memo. I should say that is the end of the Talking Points memo. All right, so Putin says he's going to go to the G20 summit in Indonesia that takes place in Bali on Halloween. All right, so Putin says, I'm going. Well, nobody else is going to go if you go, Vlad. So it'll be you, it'll be China, maybe Vietnam. That's it. All right, nobody else is going to go because you're a bad guy and they don't want to be around you. So that caught my eye today. Halloween's perfect time for the G20 summit in Indonesia. So Joe Biden's in uh, Brussels, Belgium. Um, He left at 9 a.m. Eastern time. It's about a six-hour flight over there. Uh, He arrived in late afternoon. And uh, I don't know what he's going to do tonight. Doesn't have anything on schedule, but I'm sure he'll have a nice dinner, nice supper over there. A little jet lag and go to bed early. Now, tomorrow he's going to meet with uh, NATO and uh, EU and all of that, and they're going to announce new sanctions. We know what they are. They're going to sanction 300 members of the Russian Duma, which is their Congress. Of course, they don't have freedom, but they sit there. And uh, those people are going to have their assets frozen if they have money in foreign countries, which most of them do, and they can't travel anywhere. So those will be the new sanctions. It's going to punish all the politicians in Russia. So that'll take place on Thursday. Then Friday goes to Poland. Um, they got to be careful about the Poland uh, itinerary here because you got Russian agents in Poland. Um, they could do damage. You got to be a little careful here. So he's going to, Biden is going to meet with uh, Duda, the president of Poland. And Poland's in trouble because uh, it's got to take millions and millions of Ukrainian refugees because that's the big border. And uh, the USA will promise a lot of aid and help to do to. I am uh, in agreement that America should take some Ukrainian refugees, particularly if they have people here. If they have relatives here, uh, we should take some. Because now there are, what, 10 million displaced people in Ukraine? For those of you who are enabling Putin, 10 million? Pretty nasty. Now, NATO estimates that uh, estimates 15,000 Russian soldiers have been killed or wounded in Ukraine. I don't know how they get that number. Uh, Russia's not going to put it out. And there's no reportage behind the lines. And Ukraine's not going to tell you the truth. They're going to stack everything up, as you would, too. If you were running Ukraine, you put out as much propaganda as you could. But that's the number, NATO says, 15,000 Russian soldiers either killed or wounded in this invasion. I don't know if that's true. I have no idea. I couldn't possibly know. All right, let's go uh, polls uh, on Biden. Okay, so the Ukraine thing is influencing it. And of course, inflation here. Reuters left wing news organization uh, 
43% Democrat, 37 Republican. That's down six, so it's not a legitimate poll. Uh, it asked um, job approval for Joe Biden. 40% approved. That's a terrible number from a liberal poll. 54% disapprove. All right. Another poll, Emerson College, that's in Boston. They put it out. Um, approve or disapprove of job Joe Biden is doing. 43, approve, disapprove, 49. That's pretty close. And in the methodology, it's uh, 38% Democrat, 36% Republican, so fairly close. I do not believe this poll. I don't believe that 43% of the American people approve of the job Joe Biden is doing. But in the Emerson poll, there's another question that's pretty interesting. Do you have a favorable or unfavorable view of Donald Trump? All right. 59% favorable now, 39 unfavorable. I don't believe that. And I supported Donald Trump's policies in office, but I don't think 59% of Americans have a favorable view of him. I, I could be wrong on it. And they asked the same thing about Biden's favorable 47. That's down 12 points from Trump, unfavorable 49. So Trump is up 20% in the favorable. And this isn't job. This is just you like him or not. He's is up 20 points in this poll. Biden is down two. Again, I'm skeptical about the poll. Okay, so one of the things that I've been trying to get for you, uh, No Spin News uh, listeners on the radio and watchers on thefirsttv.com and uh, all of our other uh, affiliates, is somebody who was there, who has seen what's going on uh, in the Ukrainian theater, and that includes the refugees. This is an organization called World Central Kitchen. It was founded in 2010 by Chef Jose Andres. It provides meals to poor people and people in need all over the planet. Very fine organization. One of the members of that uh, organization is the mayor of Point Pleasant Beach, New Jersey, nice town on the Jersey Shore. All right, his name is Paul Cantera, and he comes from us. He comes to us now from Point Pleasant. So, Mayor, tell us what you were doing. You were in Poland, I understand, correct? Yep. Uh, we were right on the border at Medica and at the Refugee Center in Shemesh, uh, a few other places as well. And what did you do there? Well, Bill, we went over there in the real early days right after the unprovoked Russian aggression, and we started seeing the refugees streaming across, uh, decided to just buy a plane ticket, uh, the town that I'm mayor of, Point Pleasant Beach, we have a, a tremendous amount of young Ukrainian adults that come into our town every summer and help operate our rides and attractions. Uh, so this was a, a way for us to kind of pay it forward a little bit. We rented a big passenger van, went over there, uh, five suitcases, supplies, $15,000 to go buy more uh, in donations. And while we were over there, uh, we got uh, set up with World Central Kitchen and helped uh, give out meals on the border, as well as helping prep food and understanding their operations a little bit better as well. Okay, so what did you see that affected you? It's hard not to be affected over there, right? With, uh, you know, close to 2 million uh, Ukrainian refugees already streaming through Poland, uh, which makes up uh, about a 20th of the whole country's population already in terms of Poland. They simply don't have the resources to handle this. It's, it's just a a mass swarm of humanity coming across that border. 
many of whom have uh, no place to go, no resources to take care of them, and uh, they need to get settled into the refugee center and then pushed on to other points throughout Poland and Europe because uh, cities like Krakow and Warsaw have always, already signaled that they're completely filled up. Uh, but when you look at uh, how disproportionately uh, the, uh, the population coming across is women and children and elderly, there's virtually no men of fighting age in the group. Uh, it really brings thing ho things home as well. And they're looking for things like toys uh, and coloring books and, you know, Barbie dolls and things like that to make things a little bit easier. Yeah, to give some relief to the children. Um, where do the refugees sleep uh, when they come over? Are there tents? Uh, where do they go? It's heartbreaking. Obviously, it's really cold over there right now. It dips down into the teens at night. Uh, they have an abandoned Tesco Supercenter, which is basically like a Walmart, and they've hollowed it out, and people are just sleeping on the floor, sleeping on cots that have been brought in, sleeping on blankets. They're covering every square inch of that, them, their children. There's pets running around. It's, it's a really surreal scene, uh, and uh, they don't necessarily have everything that they need there as well. Is the American Red Cross there? I mean, who are the agencies in charge? The Polish Red Cross is there, and they have uh, good operations. They have a, a tremendous amount of volunteers, uh, people that are coming in that need medical assistance are finding it pretty readily. Uh, there's some groups that have donated some clothing as well. <clears throat> and obviously, World Central Kitchen, as soon as they cross the border, uh, they're putting a, a hot meal in everybody's hands. Um, did you speak to the Ukrainian refugees? I mean, you know, yourself, and if so, uh, what did they say? We did speak to them um, and it kind of spanned the entire gamut. There's a lot of disbelief amongst the Ukrainian refugee population. A lot of them think that they're going home in a week or two weeks. Uh, but if you look at what's going on in some of the, the cities on the eastern side of Ukraine and the southern part of Ukraine, where you know all of the apartment buildings have basically been bombed and are destroyed, there's going to be such a massive, uh, you know, decade long or, or longer rebuilding effort. These people who traditionally don't really speak any language other than Ukrainian, they don't speak English, they don't speak Polish, they don't speak any other European languages. They're going to have a really difficult time trying to resettle and restart their lives in someplace completely new. Uh, but uh, speaking to some of the orphans, uh, you know, there's a, a group, Caritas, that's trying to resettle them uh, throughout Europe. They are completely shocked. They don't know what awaits them. Speaking to some of the, the elderly people uh, who have left, you know, men of fighting age behind, uh, they're scared for them as well. It, it's just so much uncertainty and so much sadness. And what really struck us, to be honest, was how similar they are to Americans. They're middle class people who were living normal lives, believed that Putin was just saber rattling a couple weeks ago. And now they have one travel suitcase with them. And, uh, and it's all changed in the blink of an eye. How do they get to Poland? How, is that, how are they transported from Eastern Ukraine, Central Ukraine to the Polish border? So there are still, as of when we were over there, there's still trains running, especially from Lviv to Medica. A lot of them arrive at the main uh, train station in Shemish. There's buses that are transporting orphans. There's buses that are transporting refugees. A lot of them are driving, even though there's massive fuel shortages over there. So a lot of these cars are breaking down along the way and people are literally walking. Uh, you know, the lines at the border can be a, a day long or longer uh, to get across. And as cars are running out, people are simply abandoning them and walking across. 
It is unbelievable that this is being caused by one man and one man only. You know, usually it's governments and this, but it's so yeah. similar to Saddam Hussein. I was on a Hannity radio show today talking about the similarity between what happened in Iraq and Kuwait and Saddam and Putin, how they're really the same evil person. Um, the Ukrainian people, as you pointed out, you say middle class, but middle class in America, they, you know, it's a different connotation. They don't have a lot of reserve. Right. These people have a lot of money in the right. bank. Right. So right. what when they show up in Poland, that's what they got. All right. And so yeah. now we're talking about, I'd say about four million displaced people over the border and another six million within Ukraine itself. So this is a catastrophic uh, occurrence in, in a violation of human rights to the extent that we haven't seen since the Third Reich and Stalin in Russia. Do you think, do you see anything more the United States could do? So one of the interesting things over there is obviously there's large uh, Russian populations in those areas that are really under major attack right now. And it's galvanized both the Ukrainian uh, individuals and the Russian individuals. They're all equally upset at Putin for what for what he's doing. Uh, a lot of talk about uh, enforcement of a no fly zone. Uh, the MIGs were a big issue as well in terms of, uh, you know, how they could find a way to get those into uh, Ukrainian fighter pilots hands because they still Russia still does not obviously control the airspace over there and money and assistance is what's really needed uh, because there are a lot of people who the, the term that we heard over and over again are staying until the bitter end yeah uh, and they're not going anywhere and they're going to it's need an some ongoing money and thing absolutely so tell us how people can get in touch with world kitchen so World Central Kitchen, great organization, WCK.org. People can make donations there. Uh, we're actually hosting a huge charity concert uh, at the Jersey Shore in Point Pleasant Beach at Jenkinson's on the boardwalk. We think we're going to raise close to a quarter million dollars and we're going to split it up uh, amongst World Central Kitchen, the Polish Red Cross and Caritas Poland that's helping a lot with all the orphans and the refugees. And when is that concert going to be? April 10th, 5 to 9 p.m. All right. We want everybody to try to make it. If you can't, WCK.com. WCK.com. That's easy. Hey, Mayor, thanks very much for appreciating it. Um, you know, if you uh, get any other information, please let us know. And uh, you're doing a very good thing. And uh, thanks again for helping us out tonight. Okay. So uh, let's get into some uh, politics here. So Joe Biden, uh, the point, the main point that I made at the top in the talking points memo is that some Americans are so opposed to him that no matter what he does, they're not going to support it. And guess who was like that? The words Donald Trump mean anything to you? It's the same thing. There were some Americans who hated Trump so much, no matter what he did, it was bad. And now we're seeing the same thing play out with Biden. Attached to Joe Biden is Kamala Harris, the vice president. So this soundbite last night, uh, actually on Monday, on Monday, caught my eye. Go. Uh, she's not only totally incoherent, you know, he may or may not have cognitive decline problems at his age, but at her age, she's just dumb. I mean, let's, let's be clear. Kamala Harris may be the dumbest person 
ever elected vice president in American history. And that's why people keep resigning. I mean, if you were her national security advisor and you were competent and you'd worked hard and you knew what you were doing and you watched her in Poland break up laughing when she's asked about Ukrainian refugees, you had to feel a sense of total humiliation. So I'll get to the speaker's uh, analysis in a moment, but I want to remind you what he referred to about Vice President Harris in Poland. Go. And I'm wondering what the United States is going to do more specifically to set up a permanent infrastructure. And relatedly, is the United States willing to make a specific allocation for Ukrainian refugees? Okay. <laughs> a friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> okay, I, I can first. Okay, so this time. That was pathetic. Uh, there's no other word. I'm not a hater. I don't hate Kamala Harris or Joe Biden. That was pathetic. The reporter asked a very articulate question. Are you willing to take you, the United States, refugees? And that's what you get. And she's la- what is she laughing about? A friend in need is a friend indeed. What does that mean? So here's my assessment. And I do not know Kamala Harris. I know people who do know her, and I've spoken to them. She is in way over her head. That's a cliche. I'm sorry to use it, but it's the most vivid thing I can tell you. She has no confidence in herself that she can do the job as vice president, which isn't really a hard job. You basically take orders from the president, carry them out. Mike Pence was a very good vice president. I mean, he represented the country very well. And you may remember that Trump and Pence had lunch at least two times a week, and Pence gave Trump some good advice, advice that the former president didn't follow sometimes, but sometimes he did follow Pence's advice. Harris doesn't give advice because doesn't know what she's doing, all right? She doesn't know how to solve problems. So put yourself in her shoes. You're over there with the president of Poland, who then has to answer the question directed to you because she can or won't answer it, all right? So you're there, you're her. And a reporter says, the United States going to accept some Ukrainian refugees? Well, you say, of course we are, because the United States will. As I pointed out, it will be Ukrainians who have people here. And maybe we'll take 100,000 of them. Maybe, I don't know. The number hasn't been ascertained. But we're going to take some. So Harris is going, yeah, we're going to do, we're trying to figure that out now. We're trying to figure out what we can do to help. This is what you do. You don't say some stupid thing like a friend in need is a friend indeed and then cackle, right? So Gingrich takes that and Gingrich is a smart guy. Of, of, I got to say, of all the politicians I've encountered, national politicians in my career, Gingrich is in the top 10 intellect. You may not like him, but he's smart. He, he looking at that going, what the deuce? This is our representative? This is the vice president? And Gingrich knows what Harris did on the border. He knows how she got whacked in the presidential primaries because she couldn't make a cogent point. And he's like furious. All right? He's furious. You don't go out and call a sitting vice president stupid. 
you know, I mean, remember what they did to Vice President Cheney, all right, in the Iraq war. They called him every name in a book, the left did. And it was wrong then, and it's wrong. I don't think the speaker should have called Kamala Harris stupid. I don't think she is stupid. I think she's incompetent in the job that she is in. If she were teaching at UCLA, I think she could do it. I don't think she's, she can't process information. I think she can, but she can't problem solve. So to send her to the border to try to stop that horrendous situation, what are you doing? You know, come on, she's not going to, and she didn't. She didn't do anything. And now you're sending her to Poland in the midst of millions of refugees who are suffering, and she's cackling. This is embarrassing. The Biden people know that. So she's no longer attached to Biden. Remember when they were all in the mass and every time Biden was there, she'd be there? That's gone. They know she's a disaster. The Biden people know Kamala Harris is a disaster. Kamala Harris knows she's a disaster. That's why she's so nervous and so when you do that stupid laugh, okay, again, I'm not saying she's stupid, I'm saying the laugh is stupid. Hillary Clinton does it all the time. That's a sign of insecurity. Or you're buying time and trying to think of something to say. She couldn't. So she had to give it to Duda. He had to answer a question that was directed to her. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. So anyway, that's the big picture uh, on the United States front. Kamala Harris is worthless in that job. And then the bigger picture is Biden, no way he's running again. And every day I get people calling me big people. And they'd say, you know, you're right. There's no way Biden's going again. It's not going to happen. And so Kamala Harris is not going to take it. All right. She's got no chance. So they're looking around. And as I told you, okay, they're looking to Michelle Obama. But no one knows, including me, whether Mrs. Obama would be open to running for president. All right. Let's get to the gas thing. Only two states. Shocking. This is shocking. Only two states have stopped the gas tax. Maryland and Georgia. Okay. So they've suspended the gas taxes there, temporarily, of course. 
to give the people a break. So way to go, Maryland and Georgia. Florida passed it, but doesn't kick in until October. What is that all about? Now, Florida, they're on the cutting edge. DeSantis is smart. Why, why are you waiting until October? People need to relieve now. If you're going to cut it, cut it. The most expensive state gas tax, Pennsylvania, right? 58 cents a gallon. I thought it was California myself, but my staff corrected me. So it's 51 cents a gallon state tax in California, 58 cents in Pennsylvania. Wow. But in California, all they have to do is suspend it and people would get instant relief. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I shouldn't be criticizing because New York, it's almost as high. And there's Governor Hochul. <laughs> it's really, I'm telling you, we're living in some kind of interesting times, are we not, with these politicians? Oh, God. You're there to help the people. That's why you're there. Disney Company. Now, again, total disclosure. I despise the Disney Corporation. So when I say something, keep that in mind. So yesterday in Burbank, California, some people walked out of the Disney headquarters to protest gay stuff, even though Disney is very pro-gay, all right, very uh, supportive to the LGBTQ, uh, there's other stuff too. Um, they're very supportive, the Disney Corporation, to that movement. And I don't have any problem with that, by the way. I think all people should have an equal chance to pursue happiness in America. But uh, the New York Times says 60 people protested. The other left-wing media say hundreds. It was about 60. That's nothing. Now, what are they protesting? They're protesting Florida. They're in California that DeSantis and the legislature in Tallahassee passed a law that said public schools are not to teach kids ages five to nine about gay stuff or gender stuff or anything because they're not able to process it. That law is good. Any logical person would say, you're right, five to nine, too young. And on top of that, I said there should be a law, an anti-bullying law, that should start at five. But you don't single out groups. You just say bullying people for whatever their behavior or their appearance is wrong. We don't do it. Pass that law. Okay? Now, um, Disney can't do anything in Florida. Can't influence it. It can't. It stopped donations. So what? Okay, but the signal Disney is sending to everyone is that they don't care if parents don't want their five year olds taught about gender. Disney doesn't care. All right. Disney says, blank you. All right. Our liberal advocacy is more important than your kids and your opinion and your parental rights. That's what Disney's saying to everybody. Now, I'm never going to give Disney a penny again, ever. I'm not calling for a boycott. I have a, a, a friend who's taking his kids down to Disney uh, soon. And I, I said, have a good time. The kids will love it. 
the kids will love it. As long as you got, you know, the $3,000 a day it's going to cost you. I want the kids to love it. But me? No. Because I think the Disney Corporation undermines the traditional tenets of America. And remember, they made all their money on the traditional tenets. If Walt Disney was still alive, and he was no pearl, by the way, but if he was still alive, this would never be happening. All right, Hillary Clinton and Jen Psaki uh, test positive for COVID, even though they've had 87,000 inoculations. And, and I mean, I think they sleep with the vaccine. Both of them are big, big vaccine, vaccine. Guys. So Psaki's got it twice now and Hillary's got it. Um, it's not heavy. They have a little flu and they'll be over quickly. And I'm not happy they got COVID. Are you honest? Are you? Because I know anti-vaxxers who are just thrilled. I talked to him one last night. Oh, look at it. He was gloating. I said, what if they die? Are you going to be happy because you're an anti-vaxxer? <laughs> come on. It's like enabling Putin because you hate Biden. Come on. Come on. Mackenzie Scott, you know who she is? Jeff Bezos' ex-wife. Billionaires because of Bezos. So they got divorced and she got all kinds of money. So to her credit, it's given 436 million a habitat for humanity. Way to go, Mackenzie Scott. So the Bezos is gone, by the way. It's not Mackenzie's got Bezos. Boom. Out of there. Because Bezos didn't treat her well. I, I mean, I don't get involved with this stuff, but I think it was pretty apparent. Anyway, Mackenzie Scott, congratulations to you. 436 million in Habitat for Humanity. Good organization. Liberal organization. It's left. It's Jimmy Carter. But it's good. It's good. It builds houses. I've been on those bills. I didn't build myself because I can't even hammer a nail, but I watched. <laughs> Wasn't much help, but good for you. I mean, you take that money and you do something like that. Now, here's a good story this day in history. Nobody knows about this, but it's important and you should know about it. So 216 years ago today, March 23rd, 1806, Lewis and Clark left Oregon, Astoria, Oregon, okay, on the Pacific coast. They went all the way from St. Louis to Astoria. Astoria is a great town. If you ever get to Oregon, go up there. And then the river flows into the Pacific Ocean from there. Okay. So they are on their way back. They started back. Okay. And it's thousands of miles. And they got to go up the river. Then they got to walk. Then they got to go here. Then they got to go there. So nobody knows about this thing because it's not taught in school anymore. So Lewis and Clark, under President Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson's order, traveled 8,000 miles. And they mapped it. And that's why they went. They mapped it so that the United States would know what was in the Pacific Northwest and Montana and the Dakotas and all that. All right. They were heroes. They had 45 guys, no women, 45 guys with them. They went all the way there. They negotiated through the Native American tribes. And then they started to come back today. And they got back. All right. Now, in the end, um, Lewis committed suicide 
Meriwether Lewis. I didn't know this. I should have. 35 years old, shot himself. Woof. Clark lived to 68, and he became the governor of the Louisiana Territory. So that is this day in history. All right, we got some mail, and we got a final thought that I think you'll like. We'll be right back. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get to the mail. DeWitt on the message board. Putin damaged the Russian media from the outside. In the USA, political zealots have destroyed our media from within. Nobody should trust these media outlets. Right on. That's why you're watching me. But I promise I will never deceive you. Garen Johnson, Sarasota, Florida. Should the Hunter Biden situation show that President Biden received money from Hunter and that might lead to impeachment, would we really want that now? No. And it wouldn't happen anyway until Republicans regain the House. But not now. Let's get this Putin thing done. Barry, Bill, some of the news networks are ignoring some of the news stories. I can't see any way to make them cover the news. There is no way to make it. But if they actively deceive, like Russian collusion, pass a law to fine them. Absolutely. Law, Lloyd, Pope Francis' statement about Ukraine was very weak. Essentially, Biden-like, he should have chastised Putin directly. He never does that. He never singles out. That's not what the Pope does. He was very clear in condemning the Ukraine invasion. Very clear. Unlike the Russian Orthodox Church, which is disgraceful for what they're doing. Brian Atagni, Canal Winchester, Ohio. I saw a quote recently from Samuel L. Jackson. He stated he voted for Barack Obama because he was black. And if a white figure were to declare they voted for John McCain or Mitt Romney because they were white, all hell would break loose. That is correct. But minorities never had a black president. So Jackson did what he did. He's entitled to vote the way he wants for any reason. Stephen Stone, Las Vegas. 
Could the Supreme Court nominee Jackson be asked about the constitutionality of her nomination based on race? I think she should be asked. The Biden said, I want a black woman. Does she feel bad about that? I think it's a good question. There's no constitutional basis. Biden can nominate who he wants. But it's a good question, Stephen. Daniel Langford, Rochester, uh, Massachusetts. Bill received my copy of Killing the Mob as part of my premium membership. Couldn't put it down. I spent 30 years in law enforcement. This is one of the best books I have ever read. Killing the Mob, still very viable. We're going to twin up for Father's Day, Killing the Mob and Killing the Killers. And on the killer front, throw it on up there, please. May 3rd, uh, coming out. And it's relevant to Ukraine because I describe all the weapon systems that the United States has. You will not believe what we have. How many of these weapons nobody ever heard of? It's incredible. So pre-order Killing the Killers, I guarantee you're not going to be able to put it down. I'll be out in Chicago March 31st, Genesee Theater, Waukegan, Illinois. Ticketmaster has them. We have a special for BillOReilly.com premium and concierge members around the Midwest and Northern. We have just go to uh, the website. We'll give you special price to come to see me because we want our premium and concierge members to be happy. So we'll see you then on March 31st. That's coming up a week from tomorrow. Word of the day, do not be furtive. F-U-R-T-I-V-E. Do not be furtive. Right back with a final thought. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So here is a final thought of the day. You know, I'm impressed by Florida. That state got through COVID without wrecking its economy. It's common sense down there. There's no state tax. A lot of my friends, by bill, I'm going south. I lived in Florida for a couple of years, taught high school, as some of you know down there. Um, But now they got another bill that they just signed into law. Senate Bill 1054 says that all high school students must take a class in financial literacy before they graduate. Right on. Because kids don't know anything about money. Most adults don't know anything about money. About half of the American population have no money. Even though they're working. They got like $400 on average in the bank. Money is power. Money is security. Money is everything in a capitalist society to keep you safe. You got to know how to handle it. You got to know a stock from a bond. You got to know a little real estate. You got to know how to save. The most important lesson my father ever taught me was 
you save 10% of your take-home pay. Every week, 10% in the bank. And I did it. I didn't do most other stuff my father told me to do, but I did that. And it, it worked out great. I had money to invest. I made smart, conservative investments. And while I was working my butt off, and I still do, my portfolio grew. I don't take chances. There's no Bitcoin and none of that. I don't do that. It's legitimate conservative investing over a period of time. And I don't buy stupid stuff like $5 cups of coffee. I got Newman coffee down here, 20 cents a cup. And Newman, that food company, gives all the proceeds to charity. So anyway, way to go, Florida. Teach those kids about money. It's vitally important. Thank you for watching the No Spin News and listening as well on WABC Radio. We will see you tomorrow.